I'm Davis Miller, host of the new podcast, The Tao of Muhammad Ali. I met Ali in 1988, and surprisingly, we became friends. His influence profoundly changed my perspective on the purpose of life itself. I'll tell you that story and also stories of others touched by the champ. Listen to The Tao of Muhammad Ali on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Julian Edelman from Games with Names, and we're on a search to find the greatest games of all time with the players and coaches who lived in them. Ever wonder what a locker room feels like at a halftime of a Super Bowl? Or what about the, the after parties? We're going to dive deep into the most iconic games with the most iconic people. New episodes dropping weekly. Listen to Games with Names on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Want to be the next Daily Fantasy Millionaire? Dunk on your NBA DFS competition with DailyRoto.com and dominate on FanDuel and DraftKings this season. Compete with the pros with DailyRoto.com, Optimizer, and the most accurate projections in NBA DFS, plus lineup alerts, breaking news, late swap support, and much more. Save 10% on winning NBA DFS advice with promo code DUNK. Visit DailyRoto.com backslash DUNK to learn more. This is the BFFs. He is Frank Stample. I am Greg Sussman. What's happening, Frank? Greg, what's going on? Happy Monday to you. How'd you sleep? I slept all right. I had this back injury I was telling you about on FST today when I filled in for Mish for an hour. Thank you, sir. Um, no worries. I played spike ball on Saturday, on Sunday, yesterday. You gotta stretch. And I didn't stretch. Oh, uh, Greg. I didn't stretch. 50 years old, yeah. not stretching. I mean, what'd you think? And was then all of a sudden, after, there's a certain point. And I was ready to go with the next point. And I was like, I just grimaced. I'm like, something happened to your back? I'm like, yes. And it, it, it's strained, Frank. I got a strained back for sure. I pulled a muscle back here. Greg, all jokes aside, the same thing happens to me, man. Like, we're not getting any younger, dude. When does it go away? It doesn't. Really? Is your back just permanently hurt? No, no. I mean, it'll, it'll probably take a few weeks. But like, weeks? Playing basketball and stuff, like, I mess up my ankles at times. Like, I have to wear ankle braces on both of my ankles. Because they're basically hanging on by a thread at this point. Right. This is it's tough, man. We're getting up there in age. I don't like You this. more than me, but we're both getting up there. We are. Well, what, 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 Alex? Well, what are you saying? <laughs> How was your weekend, Greg? Uh, it was good. Other than that, I, it was fun. I, I didn't really do much. I did laundry. I told you I was doing I laundry. I know, yeah. You called me while you were doing laundry the other day. I did. And I, just so you know, I did fold it for, for Judy before she got home. Oh, she was pumped. What a nice husband. Not only that. Then when she got home, I still went to the supermarket by myself. And she was very thankful and then felt bad. Why? Why feel bad? Uh, you know why? Because you did all the chores? I did all the chores, and I obviously effed it up because I bought a potato, and it wasn't a sweet potato. And I bought the wrong kind of potato. So I should have went. I'm like, you know what? I tried my best here. Yeah, he tried. Come on, man. I really did try. Cut, cut, cut him some slack. Greg, this is the week, man. This is the week we've been waiting for. This is what Frank lives for. We he lives have 50, our auction this he week. He lives 52 weeks for one. NFBC this weekend. Times two. Tout Wars. Head-to-head auction. Oh, Greg. Oh, Greg. I feel like you're, le- you're le- the least focused on our draft. We're so close. Okay. I will 17 take over. days till I opening day. I will lead day. us to the promised land after this update from Sean Guastamaki. Thank you, Greg. I am Sean Guasamaki with your BFF's news update. Major League Baseball Houston Astros ace Justin Verlander has been shut down after an MRI revealed a mild lat strain. This according to general manager James Click. Verlander told reporters he is unlikely to be ready to go opening day. Other baseball news, this coming from Japan because of the coronavirus The start of the Japanese pro baseball season has been delayed. Japanese officials postponed the start of the 12-team professional baseball league on Monday. They were scheduled to begin play on March 20th. 
Japanese Professional League has been playing its preseason games without fans because of the virus. College basketball, we have a uh, plethora of games tonight starting at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, CAA Championship Semifinal. Delaware, Hofstra, Hofstra favored by three points in that game, the total 147. Southern Conference Championship game, that's at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, Walford, East Tennessee State, East Tennessee State favored by seven and a half points. The total in that one, 132. Oral Roberts and North Dakota State in a semifinal matchup in the Summit League Championship. North Dakota State favored by one and a half points, the total 149 and a half. Sunbelt Conference Championship, second round, Coastal Carolina, Appalachian State, Appalachian State, you're favored by four points, the total 146 and a half. Other notable games later on tonight, we have the West Coast Conference semifinal, St. Mary's BYU, BYU the favorite by four points, 147 your total. And Gonzaga, number two in the nation in the other West Conference, uh, West Coast Conference semifinal, favored by 13 points against San Francisco. 152 is now your total in that one. NFL news, the Bills have signed cornerback Josh Norman to a one-year deal worth $6 million. It's worth as much as $8 million with incentives. Norman played with Sean McDermott, the head coach for the Buffalo Bills in Carolina when McDermott was the defensive coordinator. That is your BFF Sports Grid news update for this hour. Now back to Greg and Frank. All right, welcome back to Fantasy BFFs. We're going to jump into a ton from a fantasy baseball perspective today. We're going to give you some updates on our rankings. How far down are we moving some of these injured players? Justin Verlander, we got the news just earlier, dealing with a lat injury. So uh, he's shut down for the foreseeable future. Uh, we'll get into all of that. I'll have a whiteboard for you guys later on in the show. What should you do if you have the sixth pick in your fantasy baseball draft? We'll jump into all of that, but first... It's a snippet from Tip Drill earlier today. Greg Sussman with Drew Digmeyer from DailyRoto.com talking about Miles Bridges for tonight's NBA DFS slate. Moving over to small forward, Miles Bridges is up next for us. Bridges, one of those guys all season long, you add in and you drop in your season long leagues, <laughs> in DFS, where you put him in, then you, and it stunk, and then you didn't put him in, and he went off. Tonight, we're expecting a big game for Miles Bridges, or at least we hope. Yeah, I think this is the right type of environment for Miles Bridges. I think there's a couple things going on in Charlotte's rotation that have helped Bridges to perform a little bit better of late. Uh, one of the big things is the fact that you know, they've they've lost Malik Monk to su suspension. And as a result, there's been more usage to kind of go around. They've staggered Bridges in Washington a little bit more, splitting up some of that usage. And now you get a great game environment with Atlanta, a team that, you know, allows the most fantasy points kind of across positions uh, to, to opposing teams because they play at such a fast pace. They gave up so many steals and blocks. Uh, Miles Bridges at small forward is one of those guys that has, you know, 40 fantasy point upside and he's priced kind of in the 5,000. So I think attacking that Charlotte Atlanta game is an interesting one tonight and we'll certainly have to watch the injury report on Atlanta's side, uh, but Miles Bridges is certainly one of those targets for Charlotte that I'm looking to tonight. Have it, Miles Bridges, one of the players that we can consider grabbing here tonight in DFS. Let's look at the Bucks, Frank. There's no Giannis tonight, Eric Bledsoe, Chris Middleton, Brooke Lopez, all in play according to Drew Digmeyer tonight. Uh, the Oral all are going to step up uh, for Giannis here, second back-to-back -back for the Bucks, but you like them all. Uh, Chris Middleton's points go from like 21 per game to 29 per game when Giannis is not in the lineup. Yeah, I remember he had that big game earlier this season where he scored over 50 points in that well, that'll game. that'll help the average. That'll help the average for sure. So, uh, yeah, definitely look at some of the Bucks tonight. Uh, Miles Bridges as well there. Cheaper than usual. Uh, so, obviously, a solid value there as well, Greg. How about this? This year, for my Fantasy Baseball Home League, we were all assigned a baseball, a basketball game, and whoever had the highest point total... We'll get first pick, second pick, so on and so forth. Greg, I had the Bucks and Suns yesterday. 271 points. I'm in first place. All right! There's three games left tonight, so there's a chance. But I don't suspect those teams, those games are going to go over 271 points. Let's go! So that means uh, I have the first pick in my home league. Mike Trout, Christian Yelich, whoever I want. Amazing. Ronald Acuna already kept. I could take a pitcher, Greg. You do love pitchers. Probably take an old one, too. 
But not oh. Justin Verlander. He's an old one you don't want to take. No, you don't. Justin Verlander, over the weekend, left the game after two innings. He was supposed to go four. Why, you ask? Because he has a lat strain, which came out earlier today. A lat strain uh, four years ago, I believe, or five years ago now, uh, cost him a little bit of time. Of course, we know that Luis Severino's lat strain cost him several months last year for the New York Yankees. Justin Verlander is going off the board at pitcher number three. Frank, how far down are you dropping Justin Verlander? So I've already dropped him down to SP5, and I feel like I probably need to drop him a little bit lower, Greg. So we can talk this out on the air right now, find out what you did with Justin Verlander as well. But I'm thinking I have to move him down probably closer to the 10 mark. Probably, you know, around that Bieber, Strasburg, Flaherty group, maybe even behind that group as well. Uh, because, again, last train, you mentioned it, what Luis Severino dealt with last year, inside injuries, tweeted this out. Uh, that the Astros are obviously shutting down Verlander. Uh, he left to start yesterday, mild last train. This is a tough injury for a pitcher, and I expect him to miss at least the first few weeks of the season, Greg. So uh, you might potentially see him miss the first month, the entire first month. Maybe it's mid-April, late April. Nobody knows for sure, and because of that uncertainty, uh, I've dropped him down to five for now, but I, I th- I'm thinking I'm going to drop him down to eight. I'm definitely dropping him down to five. I, I think that's... Yeah. I think that's easy. Um, I think I'm going to move him behind Bieber, Strasburg, Flaherty. You do love, you do love those guys. Uh, actually, you don't love those guys, which is interesting. You don't love Flaherty. You don't love Strasburg. You love Bieber. I do love Bieber. I, I just don't really like the price on those guys. I think they're a little overvalued yeah, in the second round. I, I think it's hard with Verlander, um, and it's really hard with all these injuries. Like Blake Snell came back from injury and walked four guys today. Like didn't let a hit though, but he walked four <laughs> guys. Uh, Fifteen of the twenty-two pitches. That he Zero point one no hit innings, Greg. It was bad. He said his arm felt great after the game. He Apparently said, he hit 98 on the gun. His arm felt great. He said it was thrown awesome, but he had no drive in his legs. He was like, this is what spring's for. Like, I got to figure it out, but at least my arm feels good. Couldn't locate his fastball at all. No. So, in regards to Verlander, does he come back? Is he the same guy? Does he lose something? Does he rush back? These are the questions you have to ask yourself. And the same goes for a lot of these injured players, right? Like, is there, when you are taking them, is there a spot where you're like, I don't want to deal with these injuries. I have to deal with injuries anyway. It's like, why bother getting into this? Versus, this is too big of a discount. Like, how do I how do I not take a chance here? Like, I may find the league winner by taking an injured player here. Mike Clevenger comes to mind because he's been injured for a while. He's coming back, and maybe he drops too far. And I don't know which camp to fall in. Traditionally, I've been very conservative when it comes to injuries. But then you get to a point where I'm like, oh, this is silly. I, I should take this guy. I'm more likely find that spot with Verlander. I'm more likely to take Verlander in a shallower league, like a 10 or 12 team league, because it's easier to deal with the injury. Where if you take him in a 15 teamer, Greg, replacing that starting pitcher spot in your lineup is really, really tough in those deeper leagues. It's hard, man. It's hard to figure out health. That's the number one thing you got to think about for drafting pitchers. More on the way. More rankings coming up next. Want to be the next Daily Fantasy Millionaire? Dunk on your NBA DFS competition with DailyRoto.com and dominate on FanDuel and DraftKings this season. Compete with the pros with DailyRoto.com, Optimizer, and the most accurate projections in NBA DFS, plus lineup alerts, breaking news, late swap support, and much more. Save 10% on winning NBA DFS advice with promo code DUNK. Visit DailyRoto.com backslash DUNK to learn more. I'm Davis Miller, host of the new podcast, The Tao of Muhammad Ali. I met Ali back in 1988, and to my great surprise, we became friends. His influence profoundly changed my perspective on family, spirituality, and on the purpose of life itself. I'll tell you that story and also stories of others touched by the champ, including people such as Reverend Al Sharpton, and James Buster Douglas. We'll even hear from Muhammad's daughter, Rashida. Well, my dad was, he was Peter Pan. Like he never really grew up. He was very mature when it came down to social issues. He was very in tune. He felt a responsibility to be able to share his connection to millions of people who were in need. In each of these stories, we share lessons, lessons that have meant a great deal to me and that I hope will be meaningful to you. Listen to The Tao of Muhammad Ali on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Julian Edelman from Games with Names, and we're on the search. 
to find the greatest games of all time. I'm talking Hall of Famers, MVPs, gold medalists. I absolutely hate the Colts, bro. This game, I swear, led to the deflate gate. Hey guys, this ball's a little flat. <laughs> Ever wonder what a locker room feels like at a halftime of a Super Bowl? Julian walking around, I'm pretty sure he had his shirt off for reasons I'm not sure. He was saying, gotta believe. Oh, you gotta believe. From 18-1 with Eli. Are you calling Bill just a cheater? Is that what you're I'm saying right saying now? He's, he's looking for an advantage. The 2004 ALCS with big top they ran socks in 2004, bounced back after the 3-0 in a winner chicken dinner. Homie. The immaculate reception with Terry Bradshaw. Fired the ball. I hear the roar of the crowd. I never thought he caught the ball, but he did. We're going to dive deep into the most iconic games with the most iconic people. New episodes dropping weekly. Listen to Games with Names on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, back here on the BFFs. He's Frank. I'm Greg. Mention Justin Verlander and where we're dropping him. And, and Frank made a great point during the break because I said as we we're going to break that I would have him at five. Like, I wouldn't drop him too far. And Frank goes, "Listen, if you're drafting right now, because we have our draft on Thursday, legitimately. If you're drafting right now. Are you taking Verlander ahead of Shane Bieber, Jack Flaherty, or Steven Strasburg, and or Steven Strasburg?" My answer was no. I would take all three of those guys uh, ahead of Verlander right now. Then he goes, okay, what about the next crew? The uh, Patrick Corbin, the Blake Snell, the, uh, his boy Charlie Morton, like that kind of, those guys. And I go, I would take Verlander ahead of them. He goes, then you have him at eight. And you're right, Frank. I do have him at eight then. Um, because that's what I would do right this second. You're absolutely right. So fair enough uh, when it comes to Justin Verlander. Let me move um, and go in a different direction. And I want to go with a positive rankings mover, and that's Jesus Lazardo. Over the weekend, and you and I had talked about this a bit this morning, Lazardo was filthy, as he has been all spring long, for the A's. And he was filthy last spring, he's now filthy this spring, and he has a lot of people talking about how good he is. I have Jesus Lazardo ranked as my 30th starting pitcher on the board. You know I, uh, I love Jesus Lazardo. Um, but we're seeing that price certainly climb for him, uh, both in auction values and in uh, overall rankings. Uh, or in this month, over at the NFPC, it's costing you about $14.00. Uh, he's the 111th player off the board at this moment. Is Jesus Lazaro getting too expensive for you, Frank? Yeah, I think he is, Greg. And, you know, I have bumped him up slightly in the rankings, but all along, I kind of knew that I wasn't going to wind up with a lot of Jesus Lazaro shares, Greg, because I think he's going to keep climbing and climbing, and we have the NFBC main events this weekend, and I think he's going to wind up being a top 30, maybe even a top 25 starting pitcher drafted, Sixth, seventh round, whatever it might be. I have him at SP32, and I think that's a good spot to have him. And, you know, over the weekend, we saw the ADP climb to 108. So he's the 35th pitcher off the board, but consider that there are closers that go ahead of him as well. So Taylor Rogers, one, Hendricks, two, Osuna, three, Chapman, four, Yates, five, and then Hayter, six. So that actually puts him at 29. SP twenty nine off the board, Greg. He's already inside. He's my SP thirty. He's already inside the top thirty, and I'm telling you, this weekend, Greg, he's going to be closer to twenty five. So I have him. Hundred uh, percent. Re- reluctantly right. at thirty two. I have him. You know, just ahead. I have Montas, Freed, Gallen, Lamette, Soroka, Zach Wheeler, and Matthew Boyd. I have Lazardo ahead of every single one of those players. Damn. And I've had it like that. Right. But you have other players ahead that just I don't agree with. Right, like Trevor Bauer. Like Bauer and Kluber and those guys. I do. I've lowered Although Carrasco I, tremendously. I, I literally literally was about to say I have to lower Carrasco. Dealing with elbow inflammation himself. No, thank you. I have to lower Carrasco. I, I got to lower Wheeler. Lazardo's going to be in my top 25 before it's all said and done. Lazardo. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, look, that, me and you just see this a little bit differently because I like Lazardo, and I think when he's on the mound, he's going to be really, really good. He had eight strikeouts this weekend and like three and a third innings pitched against the Seattle Mariners. Mid-90s fastball, change-up slider combination. Um, he's got the secondary pitches. He's got the poise. He's got everything that you want, except potentially the innings, Greg. So that's where you and I differ a little bit here. Quality greater sign quantity, Frank. Look, even if, uh, even if Freed or... Gallon or Montas are not as good on, on a per-inning basis. I, I suspect all of those guys are probably going to give you 30 to 40 more innings pitched than Lozardo this season. I don't think he's giving you much more than 130. I know we didn't talk about, we haven't talked about this player. It wasn't, we weren't scheduled to talk about this player today. Sure. 
Are we in on Tyler Glasnow? We have not talked about Tyler Glasnow very much at all. Like, he's sitting here at number 26 in my rankings. I just saw his name pop up. He's one of the players, Greg, that is obviously risk-reward, and I wanted at least a few shares of him in case he does pop off because sure. he has that potential. There's right? no doubt about that. Like, the guy was electric last year. Um, he had, like, a sub-two ERA. But the injury risk is real, Greg. I mean, he dealt with, I believe it was, like, a flexor mass last year, something in his forearm, elbow area. Like, it wouldn't surprise me one bit if he's a month into the season, he's shut down for the rest of the year or needs season-ending surgery. Like, that's the type of risk yep. that comes with someone like Tyler Glass now. But the upside is, if he stays healthy for 150-plus innings, he's probably a top-12 starting pitcher. So I'm kind of splitting the difference here, Greg, and I have him at 21. So... To me, right after that group of Nola, Syndergaard, Granke, Paddock, uh, who those guys, um, you know, routinely going in the fourth, fifth round range, uh, after those guys go, Tyler Glass now is the next starting pitcher up that I would target. I have him just ahead of Brandon Woodruff, just ahead of Jose Barrios, uh, just ahead of Sonny Gray, all the hype guys as well. Um, and I'm really just kind of splitting the difference because I think the upside is massive, but I also think the floor uh, is, you know, he's out for the season and doesn't give you much more than like 10 starts. I have Glass in that same tier with Sonny Gray, Jose Barrios, right. um, Trevor Bauer for me, not for you, I know. Pitch well over the weekend, though. Glass now is not, I, I've said this about a lot of players, he's not, not an active, an target, active of mine. target. He's not an active target of uh, mine. Gre- all right, Greg. What would you, how would you like me to phrase I w- it? I want to name. I want to name our team Active Target. <laughs> big, yeah. old, big old Target sign. Yeah. The Active Target. Oh, dude, we should get like the Target that was easy button. I have. Wait, that's a Staples button. Oh, that's Staples. Fine. Darn it. Yeah, I, I screwed that one up. <laughs> oh, dude. That would have been great if every time we uh, we win a player at the auction, that was easy. We could do, we could still do that. Yeah, but it would have been better if it was Target. <laughs> should I bring the button? Sure. <laughs> Let's find a way for them to hate us even more. Mind you, this is a 15-team auction that we participate in every year. The Gotham Diamond District, some real heavy hitters in this league. Derek Van Riper, the Derek B- Cardi does projections on so fan drafts. So the Tim B- Heaney. The B- oh, he hates us. The BFFs <laughs> draft Zach Gallen. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> I'm down. Oh, it's so good. Can you take this? I don't forget. Yes. Perfect. Putting it in the book bag now. That'd be fantastic. <laughs> I cannot wait to do that. Uh, we really should get like a target and like like a, like a dartboard. We should do a, a segment. We'll put, it, we'll put a hand over Are the Are you a darts board. player? No. Um, no. I can play darts. I'm not, you're not good at it. Right. Okay. We should put it like where the whiteboard is. And we should just active target. <laughs> Who are Greg and Frank's active targets this year? Great show. Oh, man. We thought we have two. Ryan Reynolds, Safari Planet. Too many, too many ideas too late. Um, the, yeah. What a Tyler Glass now. Not an active target. <laughs> target of yours. Okay. Uh, let's look at some other players whose uh, value is rising and falling. That includes the Yankee outfielder, Giancarlo Stanton and Aaron Judge. Stanton is working his way back from a calf injury. Uh, seems to be making good progress, but we've seen this before with Stanton. Aaron Judge, we found out, uh, I guess it was Friday. I don't remember if it was Friday or Saturday. Yep, Friday. Um, but he's got this rib thing going on. And they're waiting two weeks to see if, like, hey, Maybe it'll make it better even though he's rested for like six months. These two weeks will determine whether he needs surgery or not. Uh, inside injuries, Virginia Zaka has uh, speculated that they could be out, he could be out for a period of months. The Yankees, are, of course, are not going that far yet. I know Aaron Judge was not an active target of yours previously, but how far is he dropping inside your rankings? So I moved him down to outfielder 38, Greg. So I have him very low over the weekend. We saw the ADP uh, at outfielder 28. So still about 10 spots higher in ranking than, than I am comfortable taking going just ahead of guys like Conforto, Fran Mil Reyes, uh, Michael Brantley, all outfielders that I do like this season. Do and Giancarlo you- Stanton is going one Outfielder spot higher. That, at that was my question. Where Giancarlo Stanton? I have Stanton at thirty-one. So I do feel a little bit better about where Stanton is going. But Greg, I mean, why take the risk I on know. I know. a power hitting outfielder in Stanton who has a calf injury right now when you can get Fran Mil Reyes twenty picks later? He's healthy right now and he's mashing in spring. So his upside could be that he hits forty to forty-five home runs as well. So why even take the risk on Stanton or Judge at that point? I agree. I'm I. Just did it. I'm, I'm more likely to take Stanton. That's where I've kind of settled. That's nuts. I'm more likely to take Stanton than I am Judge. Oh, that's fantastic, Frank. All right, so I just, I just redid it as we're on the air because I was listening to Frank. Here we go. Uh, I now have Stanton at 28 and Judge at 29. That's where they ended up. Oh, wow, Greg. Well, don't let NFBC ADP 
you know, is that where they are? I didn't even look at the NFBC. Yeah, Stanton is 27, and Judge is 28. Yeah, that's just where, <laughs> that's just where I feel comfortable. Another name that was actually 31 on the list, 31 and 32, and 33, holy crap. Uh, 31, 32, and 33 on my list all uh, have numbers that are probably going down right now, Frank. Trey Mancini, Oscar Mercado, and Willie Calhoun all over the weekend get hurt. Mercado has a wrist injury. X-rays were negative. I have, he hopefully will be back in the lineup this week. If that remains the case, I won't move him. Uh, Willie Calhoun got hit in the face, broke his jaw. That's annoying and horrible for him. And then Trey Mancini has this pretty serious undisclosed injury where his teammates are like wishing him well and hoping he gets back soon. And I don't know what that is. That could be anywhere from, I'm not trying to joke, but like anywhere from like a coronavirus thing to something significantly more serious. Right. And it's very, very scary. Uh, where do you have Trey Mancini, Oscar Mercado, and Willie Calhoun now in your rankings? So I moved Oscar Mercado down. I had him around 30, and I moved him down to 37. So one spot ahead of Aaron Judge. Uh, I'll, ta- I'll still take a chance on Mercado. I don't know how far he's going to move. Uh, over the weekend, his ADP was at outfielder 33. So maybe I could jump in there. Uh, obviously dealing with the wrist injury he's day-to-day. You know, doesn't sound too bad right sounds now. Like, it sounds like he got away with it. It sounds like all the other players we're talking about here, Greg, are at, at a much higher risk. Willie Calhoun, uh, we don't know what the timetable is going to look like, but he fractured his jaw. And I, I just feel so bad for Willie Calhoun because this was the opportunity. He was finally going to start opening day, be the left fielder, no one standing in his way, hit 21 homers in like 80 games last year. I really thought this was the year. Willie Calhoun, 270-plus batting average, 30-plus home runs, hitting in the middle of a solid lineup with the Texas Rangers. Uh, And now we don't know what the timetable looks like, but fractured jaw, I've seen some people speculate six weeks, Greg. So that would put him at the middle of April, the end of April. Maybe he misses the whole first month of the season. Then he's got to get back. and it's like I, I dropped him down to outfielder 48. And I have Mancini one spot behind him at 49. Same. Same. That's actually crazy. I just, cause I obviously yeah. just did it. Yeah. Calhoun at 48, Trey Mancini at 49. Hopefully we get more information. And shout out to Mancini. Hope he's yeah. all right. And, you know, just wishing him well, his family as well. Because, again, I think the way you illustrated it, Greg, was perfectly. Uh, we just don't know what's going on with him right now. We don't. Of course, Chris Sale. We've talked about him and what's going on. Uh, I don't really want to touch Chris Sale. Um, Nevertheless, I moved Chris Sale to number... Greg moved him down to 133. Huh? <laughs> 46 is actually where I moved him to. Oh, Greg, we're not far off. I have him at 42. How about Blake Snell, Greg? Let's round it all out. So I previously had Blake Snell at number 9 for me. Right. I could see me myself moving him to 14. I have him at 20, so I'm probably that's, just not going to have him. That's low. Too risky, man. He's back! He's healthy! Whiteboard Series up next. Want to be the next Daily Fantasy Millionaire? Dunk on your NBA DFS competition with DailyRoto.com and dominate on FanDuel and DraftKings this season. Compete with the pros with DailyRoto.com, Optimizer, and the most accurate projections in NBA DFS, plus lineup alerts, breaking news, late swap support, and much more. Save 10% on winning NBA DFS advice with promo code DUNK. Visit DailyRoto.com backslash dunk to learn more. I'm Julian Edelman from Games With Names, and we're on the search to find the greatest games of all time. I'm talking Hall of Famers, MVPs, gold medalists. I absolutely hate the Colts, bro. This game, I swear, led to the the play gate. Hey, guys, this ball's a little flat. (laughs) Ever wonder what a locker room feels like at a halftime of a Super Bowl? Julian walking around. I'm pretty sure he had his shirt off for reasons I'm not sure. He was saying, gotta believe. Oh, you gotta believe. From 18-1 with Eli. You call him Bill just a cheater? Is that what you're saying right now? He's he's looking for an advantage. The 2004 ALCS with big pop. The Red Sox in 2004 bounced back after the 3-0 in a winner chicken dinner. The immaculate reception with Terry Bradshaw. Fired the ball. I hear the roar of the crowd. I never thought he caught the ball, but he did. We're going to dive deep into the most iconic games with the most iconic people. New episodes dropping weekly. Listen to Games with Names on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Davis Miller, host of the new podcast, The Tao of Muhammad Ali. I met Ali back in 1988, and to my great surprise, we became friends. His influence profoundly changed my perspective on family, spirituality, and on the purpose of life itself. 
I'll tell you that story and also stories of others touched by the champ, including people such as Reverend Al Sharpton and James Buster Douglas. We'll even hear from Muhammad's daughter, Rashida. Well, my dad was, he was Peter Pan. Like, he never really grew up. He was very mature when it came down to social issues. He was very in tune. He felt a responsibility to be able to share his connection to millions of people who were in need. In each of these stories, we share lessons, lessons that have meant a great deal to me and that I hope will be meaningful to you. Listen to The Dial of Muhammad Ali on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Back with you here on BFF's Greg Sussman live in Studio X, with Scott Farrell. Uh, Mafia will be out in Jersey with him, so it should be a fun show. We have Scott Wetzel joining the program in hour number two. Here on the BFFs, we will get back tomorrow uh, to some of the movers and shakers, the up-downs, up we like to call it, uh, in the rankings of players that are moving up and down based upon where what they are doing in spring training. But right now, a lot of people have asked, hey, if I had the number six pick, what do I do? The top pitchers are probably off the board, potentially. Maybe not. Well, your choice of pitcher, this is probably pretty easy. Um, but maybe in points, like, it's, it's not. Maybe we should have done pick, pick eight, Frank. Maybe pick nine, realistically. We'll do pick nine tomorrow. All right. With that all being said, it's time to go with the Whiteboard Series. Here is Frank Stample. Greg, that was a fantastic introduction here to the whiteboard series today. Uh, here's a six pick. Maybe we should have done eight or nine. Uh, we'll do it tomorrow. Thanks, Greg. That was uh, you're fan- welcome, Frank. It's that was fantastic. Fun. You're welcome. In case any of you missed the other whiteboard series that we've done, or when I've done this throughout the fantasy football season, uh, what I like to do is draft three different teams. I'm going to give you the first three picks in fantasy baseball from the sixth pick. Uh, and this is basically how I would like to start the team, and you build out your base, and then, uh, you know, for the rest of the draft, you're set up nicely, and you can kind of go in any direction that you want to. Uh, when I did this for football, normally I would just do uh, two different teams and kind of pit them up against each other. Today I'm going to do one in Roto, one in head-to-head points. Obviously there's people who play in all different types of formats, so I'm going to try and cover as many bases as I possibly can here, Greg. So we'll start things off with the number six pick, and I will be operating under the assumption that in Roto, pitching is getting pulled up the board right now. Obviously, the Justin Verlander injury. I'm going to assume that the top three hitters, the top two pitchers are gone uh, when it comes to the Roto side of things here, which means you'll have your decision between Cody Bellinger, Mookie Betts. Greg and I have argued over this in the past. I prefer Cody Bellinger over Mookie Betts, but I think you can go with either one of them. Obviously, both are five-category contributors and just contribute across the board, give you solid batting average, Home runs, obviously the power, the runs, the RBIs, uh, and stolen bases as well. Mookie Betts probably give you you know five to seven more steals than someone like Bellinger. But Bellinger had 15 stolen bases last year, so uh, you know in the middle of that first round, you grab one of him or Mookie Betts. Obviously, set yourself up quite well uh, across the board from a roto perspective, taking either Cody Bellinger or Mookie Betts uh, on this side, Greg. In a head-to-head points league, I have stressed over and over that you need starting pitching. I believe when I did the first pick here, I said, yeah, you should probably take one of you know, Garrett Cole or Jacob DeGrom with the first overall pick. They just score so many more points than the top scoring hitter. Uh, and this is going based off of the CBS Sports uh, head-to-head point scoring format that they use there. It's like three points for a quality start, five points for a win, whatever it might be. Uh, three points for an inning, half a point for a strikeout. But in the leagues that I play in the head-to-head points leagues, the pitchers typically outscore the top hitters, and it's not necessarily close. So uh, take your pick, whether it's Jacob deGrom, Garrett Cole. Uh, let's just assume Jacob deGrom is gone already, or vice versa, whatever it might be. Cole, I'll even just put deGrom here. Uh, whoever is available between the two at pick six, obviously, I, I do want one of those guys. And honestly, if they're both gone by pick six, I probably would pull even another starting pitcher up the board, whether it's a Walker Bueller or whether it's a Max Scherzer, probably lean Max Scherzer, uh, project a few more innings for him, and the volume in a head-to-head points league is so, so important. So Garrett Cole or Jacob deGrom, or you know, if those guys are gone, I- I'm probably going to pull-, pull one of Walker Bueller or Max Scherzer up the board here, Greg. Any problems thus far outside of the fact that 
You like Mookie Betts over Cody Bellinger. Yeah, I take Mookie Betts uh, over Cody Bellinger. They did a nice job explaining here at six. Hey, DeGrom and Cole expect to be gone in that format, which is why you're taking Cody Bellinger there uh, at six. In the points format, um, if both of them are still there, I think what's really interesting is that you're still pulling a pitcher up the board, whether that's Bueller or Scherzer, depending on who you, whom you like. Um, for me, I take the best player available, right? Is best player available, I think, Frankie, if Cole and DeGrom are both gone, I think it's Francisco Lindor. Like, I think that... Of the guy I'm picking at six, uh, if the two top pitches are gone, I don't. I get why Cole in the ground is like that much better than everybody else, and me. And Scherzer's been there before, and Bueller can certainly enter that territory. But I think I lean Lindor over Scherzer and Bueller. Yeah, and Lindor is honestly a better player for Roto than he is for yeah. head-to-head points leagues. Uh, obviously, because he contributes stolen bases. Stolen bases right. don't really matter much in a points league perspective. Should we, dra- should we draft them? Francisco Lindor. Yeah. When? Where? What are you talking about? I don't know. In the auction? <laughs> in the auction? Well, if you want to spend, you know, 35 or more dollars on our top hitter, Greg, then sure, we could jump in on uh, Francisco Lindor. <laughs> Wait. All right, something you could think about here, Greg. <laughs> Let's move on to the second round. Whether it's Cody Bellinger, whether it's a Mookie Betts, uh, I am going to gr- want to grab at least one starting pitcher in the first two rounds. You know, if you play in Roto and one of DeGrom or Cole fell to you, then I think you can take that starting pitcher. But uh, assuming that they're gone, you take the hitter here in the first. I do want to get a starting pitcher in the second round. I need one of those workhorses. I need an ace. And to me, Shane Bieber is that next man up. And according to the NFBC ADP, uh, Shane Bieber is still available at this point in the draft. Uh, what he did last year, over 200 innings, one of 15 pitchers who did that. You know, close to 250 strikeouts last year. Uh, the guy is just Amazing. He's having a great spring so far as well. Apparently working on his changeup, he's developing that. Uh, the fastball has been the issue for Shane Bieber. 92, 93 miles per hour. The breaking stuff is great. The slider, the curveball, they all progressed last year. Uh, now working on his changeup as well. So if he has a legit four-pitch mix with three off-speed pitches that he can throw for strikes, that he can you know get swings and misses on, I think Shane Bieber maybe is even better than he was last year. I don't mind taking him in this Second round range, again, with all the injuries to starting pitchers, I want to make sure that I get at least one of those workhorses that's going to give me 200-plus innings, and I do expect that out of Shane Bieber here as well. Going back to the other side, head-to-head points league, uh, according to the ADP, you can actually get some really, really good hitters here in the second round range, Greg. In the middle of that second round, uh, which projects for pick 18, again, this is in a 12-team league, you take Garrett Cole or DeGrom or Walker Bueller or Scherzer if these two guys are gone. The reason why I say you should take a starting pitcher in the first is because the hitters available in the second are really, really good. So whether it's a Bryce Harper, who, yes, I know he's moving up draft boards right now, but I don't think he's going to move much higher than around pick 18, which is the middle of the second round, or even, according to the NFBC ADP, someone like Alex Bregman. If you get either one of these guys, Bregman was the top-scoring hitter in head-to-head points leagues last year, just hits a ton of doubles, not really worried about the whole cheating scandal when it comes to uh, Alex Bregman just lifts the ball, hit, pulls it, hits so many balls to that short porch in left field with the Houston Astros. Again, batting average, great plate discipline. He was the only qualified hitter who had more walks than strikeouts last year. That helps you in a head-to-head points league format as well, Greg. Uh, so we'll jump back in. Get you involved here, Greg. Cody Bellinger, Shane Bieber in the second round, whether it's a Strasburg or maybe you like a Jack Flaherty more, you can go in that direction. I have Shane Bieber now as my SP5 with the injury to Justin Verlander. On the other side, Greg, I want to take a starting pitcher in a head-to-head points league in that first round, uh, and then in the second round, you're still exposed to a really, really good hitter in one of Bryce Harper or Alex Bregman. Yeah, so if Bryce Harper or Alex Bregman are on the board there in the second round, you're right. Like, that's an awesome, awesome spot uh, in, the six, in the second round to get one of these guys. And then these are players that we've talked about Bryce Harper now going in the first round in these 15-team uh, NFBC drafts. Bregman's a guy uh, that I think you can certainly take at the end of the first round. In a 12-team league or a 15-team league. I like Alex Bregman. I think that um, kind of undervalued a, a little bit this week, this year because of all the Astro stuff going on. I like both of these players, Frank, at this spot. In the second round there, Shane Bieber, Jack Flaherty. If you can get one of those guys here in the second round, that's a no-brainer. I really like how both these teams are coming out. 
All right, here we go. So we'll move on to the third round as well uh, to pair with Cody Bellinger and Shane Bieber. Uh, and there's a group of middle infielders that I just love going in this range, Greg, this year in the third round. Uh, that's why in most of my drafts, I don't really mind taking a starting pitcher early because you have exposure to guys like Javier Baez, guys like Ozzy Albies as well. I spoke about Javier Baez uh, in the past during the whiteboard series. If you wanted to take a shortstop here, uh, he would be the option for me in the third round. He's my I, you know, right behind Fernando Tatis and that whole group, the top shortstops, the elite shortstops, Javier Baez would be the one. But let's assume that he's gone or that we want to attack position scarcity instead. And you can look at a second baseman and my top second baseman, Greg, as we spoke about when we previewed the position, is Ozzy Albies at second base. Someone who I think can give you 20-20, maybe even take that next step this year. He obviously did that last season in terms of the batting average. I think he's hitting close to 300 this year, 20 home runs, close to 20 stolen bases. I think there is a next step in terms of the speed. I think he can get to 25 stolen bases. And we've seen this before. When it comes to stolen bases in fantasy and in a real-life perspective as well, a lot of it is just, what is your motive? Because a lot of the guys are talented enough to do it. They're fast enough to do it. It's just, do they have the green light? Do they always want to run when they're on the base pass? Uh, a lot of it is motivation dependent here. Uh, for stolen bases, and I think Ozzy Albies is fast enough and he has enough talent. It's just a matter of, does he want to steal more bases? So uh, that's something that potentially he could give you. But if you're just uh, modestly projecting, I think you know coming close to 2020 with 80-plus RBIs, 100-plus runs scored with a good batting average is what you can expect out of Ozzy Albies this upcoming season. All right, Greg, so there's a bunch of different directions that you can go in in the third round here, and I've stressed starting pitching over and over again when it comes to a head-to-head -head points league. I'm going to pass on a pitcher, and I'll tell you why in a second. And I think you can get someone here uh, like Austin Meadows of the Tampa Bay Rays, who another player similar to Ozzy Albies, Greg, where we expect him to take that next step. We all saw the breakout last year. Over 30 home runs, good batting average, should hit a ton of doubles, handled himself both against left-handed and right-handed pitching. The reason why you would pass on a starting pitcher here in the third round is, I'll tell you after the break. Look at that! Look at that! <laughs> Austin Meadows is who you should be targeting if you want a hitter in the third round. Uh, again, I don't worry about playing time. I know a lot of people might worry about that uh, when it comes to the Tampa Bay Rays, but he's the one person who I don't really worry about. Him and probably Willie Adamas have the safest playing at time uh, when it comes to Tampa Bay. There's going to be platoons everywhere else. Manny Margot, Kevin Kiermeyer, Jose Martinez, Yoshi Sutsugo. Austin Meadows is someone who's going to be in the lineup every single day, and he's who—he's the hitter I would be targeting here in the third round. I think it makes sense. You get a little bit of speed, a little bit of power. We'll wrap up today's whiteboard series and send you all home when we come back to your BFFs right here on SportsGrid. Want to be the next Daily Fantasy Millionaire? Dunk on your NBA DFS competition with DailyRoto.com and dominate on FanDuel and DraftKings this season. Compete with the pros with DailyRoto.com, Optimizer, and the most accurate projections in NBA DFS, plus lineup alerts, breaking news, late swap support, and much more. Save 10% on winning NBA DFS advice with promo code DUNK. Visit DailyRoto.com backslash DUNK to learn more. I'm Davis Miller, host of the new podcast, The Tao of Muhammad Ali. I met Ali back in 1988, and to my great surprise, we became friends. His influence profoundly changed my perspective on family, spirituality, and on the purpose of life itself. I'll tell you that story and also stories of others touched by the champ, including people such as Reverend Al Sharpton, and James Buster Douglas. We'll even hear from Muhammad's daughter, Rashida. Well, my dad was, he was Peter Pan. Like he never really grew up. He was very mature when it came down to social issues. He was very in tune. He felt a responsibility to be able to share his connection to millions of people who were in need. In each of these stories, we share lessons, lessons that have meant a great deal to me and that I hope will be meaningful to you. Listen to The Tao of Muhammad Ali on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Julian Edelman from Games With Names, and we're on a search. 
to find the greatest games of all time. I'm talking Hall of Famers, MVPs, gold medalists. I absolutely hate the Colts, bro. This game, I swear, led to the deflate gate. Hey guys, this ball's a little flat. <laughs> Ever wonder what a locker room feels like at a halftime of a Super Bowl? Julian walking around, I'm pretty sure he had his shirt off for reasons I'm not sure. He was saying, gotta believe. Oh, you gotta believe. From 18-1 with Eli. You call him Bill just a cheater? Is that what you're I'm saying right saying now? He's, you... he's looking for an advantage. The 2004 ALCS with big top. The Red Sox in 2004 bounced back after the 3-0. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. Homie. The immaculate reception with Terry Bradshaw. Fired the ball. I hear the roar of the crowd. I never thought he caught the ball, but he did. We're going to dive deep into the most iconic games with the most iconic people. New episodes dropping weekly. Listen to Games with Names on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, all the BFF. Frank's been going through if you have the number six pick tomorrow. Hopefully he does number nine. I think that's an interesting one. And uh, is that okay, Frank? What do you do there? Whatever your heart desires, Greg. Maybe Francisco Lindor will be there at pick nine. Well, my goal was that he's not there. Yeah, he's probably not. That's, what I, that's why I'm trying <laughs> to be a player. Like, I, I thought there was like a clear um, top eight. Is that fair to say, right? Is there, like, I think it's seven. seven I, I think that some people are going to make the argument for Trey Turner or Trevor Story over Lindor. I personally wouldn't. I do like Lindor. We did, as we did the a whole show on off that. the board. Yeah, yeah. So I agree. I, I do have it ranked Lindor, Story, Turner. But right. there are people in Roto who are going to put an emphasis on stolen bases and are going to take Trey Turner as the eighth player off the board. I am not one of those people, but I think it more so starts after seven. I think there's a very clear top five hitters with obviously Trout, Acuna, Yelich, Bellinger, Betts, and then. There's a clear top two starting pitchers with DeGrom and Cole. I think that's kind of where we've settled. So the then, top for, and then for me, it's Lindor is next at eight. And I agree then, with that. And then nine is where it's kind of interesting, right? Because like you, you, like you said, you have the Trevor Story there. Um, you have Trey Turner there. I think you have Juan Soto there as well. Plus, bring a pitcher off the board in Walker Bueller and Max Scherzer. Yeah, I think that's, that's all fair. And that, those are going to be options that people start to look into now. Because with sure. all, another injury to Justin Verlander, you know, all this does is it's going to put more weight on starting pitchers moving up early, uh, whether it's Bueller or Scherzer moving more so into the first round, higher up the first round, or even guys like Bieber moving up, Flaherty. And it's going to have a ripple effect all the way down the board. Chris Paddock, uh, Morton, all these guys we're going to see start to move higher up the fourth round, maybe even into the third round as well. Uh, but I did leave you with a little bit of a tease before the break uh, on why I would take Austin Meadows in a head-to-head points league. Well, we'll get to that too in a second here, Greg. Uh, because he I'm still does a little of everything, Frank. He does do a little bit of everything. Great play discipline, obviously, with Austin Meadows. Doesn't strike out all that much either. I'm feeling generous, so I'm going to – let's extend this a little bit. Let's go fourth and fifth round as well. well can, we, uh, can we just hop on that for a second before, before you continue on? Yes. Like, I think Ozzy Albies, what makes him so good is going in the third round. You know what? Meadows doing a little bit of everything. You get a little bit more speed uh, out of Ozzy Albies uh, in an amazing lineup out there. In Atlanta, and I was talking to you during the break about like, hey, in the auction, that's someone we go after because it's tough to find speed and tough to find these guys. We did a whole show on 220 2020 about finding these 2020 players, and there's not, not that many of them. Ozzy Alves really does fit that category. And in a Roto League, he was really, really good last year 24 homers, 15 steals, like, okay, 295 batting average. He does everything across the board, over 100 runs scored. I like that pick at three. Yeah, and second base, Greg, say it with me. Stinks. So Stinks. not a good position. And, and look at how you set yourself up here from an offensive perspective, right? If you're in the middle of the draft and you start with Mookie Betts and Ozzy Albies, you don't have to stress any category for a while because you've set yourself up across the board. Maybe if you take a Mookie Betts and an Ozzy Albies, you'll look more for power in those middle rounds. But uh, ultimately, I think that you're in a really good position uh, either way with Cody Bellinger and Ozzy Albies. Probably works out better that way, Greg. That's why you should take Cody Bellinger over Mookie Betts. All right, but in the fourth round here, and this is something I've typically leaned on for a couple of years, I like to have two starting pitchers by the first four. Maybe I'll stretch it to the first five rounds of the draft, but typically I want two of my top 20 starting pitchers, and if that's the case, you do have to target someone here in the fourth round, and you know someone who I do have ranked inside my top 10 this year, Greg, say it with me, Charlie Morton. Not a surprise to you. The year. old man, Greg. Yeah. Coming off a career year with the Tampa Bay Rays in a season with the juice ball pitching in the American League East against the Yankees, the Red Sox, and everyone else in that division. 
Uh, Charlie Morton was better than ever and managed to stay healthy for right around 200 innings. He was like 194, I believe, uh, last season. Strikeouts are still there. The command got better for Charlie Morton last year. One of the best curveballs in the game. I have no worries when it comes to uh, Charlie Morton. And that is the reason why. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Yes, Greg. You talk about you have no worries, Charlie Morton. All is, all, all is well. Are, are you concerned at all that Charlie Morton, age-wise, Frank, is 36 years old? Well, does that mean that you have completely, you know, taken guys like Max Scherzer off your draft board? Or is Max that Scherzer cranky? 36 years old? Pretty sure he is, Greg. <laughs> that seems like something that's not. Zach Greinke completely off your board, Greg? I didn't say it. Charlie Morton's completely off my board. No. I, I didn't say that. All I asked was right. if you're concerned that he's 36 years old. Personally, no. I mean, if you wanted to take someone Max like. Max Scherzer's 35. Boom. All right. Well, mid-30s, Greg. But with someone like Chris Paddock, who's also going in this range, how many innings is he going to throw? 170? Sure. 180? So you have concern there. Yep. Clayton Kershaw has the concern of age back. Yep. back the past couple of seasons. So everyone in this range kind of has their own concerns. Patrick Corbin, pitched deep into the postseason last year, is coming off a season with a ton of innings. Luis Castillo. Looks like he's golfed too much. Is the, uh, is the command for Luis Castillo going to rear its ugly head? So I think you kind of nitpick for all the starting pitchers in this range, Greg. And for me, the skills, the underlying numbers of Charlie Morton are what really stood out. The swinging strike rate and, you know, the first pitch strike percentage and all the underlying ERA estimators, the Sierra, the XFIP, everything there for Charlie Morton. Still pretty damn good. Yeah, you, know, you look at Morton's numbers. What's cool about him is even in the late 30s, he's gotten better every single year. He obviously had a lot of injury problems early in his career. He was a top prospect uh, for the Braves at one point. Then Ray Searage kind of got into him, and it eventually worked. He pulled it out of him. And now in two years with the Astros and here with the Rays, 14 wins, 15 wins, 16 wins. I know wins are, are lucky and whatnot. The innings, 146, 167, 194. The K rate, 10, 10.83, 11.1. The walk rate last year all the way down to 2.64. Even like the exit was the lowest that we've seen in you know three or four years now uh, from Charlie Morton. He's gotten better with age. And you know, we have seen a lot of players up their age be successful, not necessarily stay healthy, but like Rich Hill came to mind. He was 39 years old when he came back to the majors. He was awesome. The only thing I'm a little bit afraid of with Charlie Morton is risking a pick this early for him. Um, but other guys going that range, you mentioned Chris Paddock, Aaron Nola, Noah Syndergaard. They all have their warts too. Age is certainly a check mark in their column, but effectiveness is a check mark in Charlie Morton's column. Right. Out of all of these players last year, Charlie Morton had the best season. Every single one of them. The most complete season, the fullest season. And if the biggest question is his age, that's something we're willing to look past. Obviously, for you, the answer is yes. Yeah, and that's why I do have Charlie Morton ranked inside my top 10. I love the value you're getting on him this year. Whether it's the fourth, sometimes even the fifth round in a 12-team league, you've seen Charlie Morton. Uh, so I'm going to go, you know, with Charlie Morton on the other side as well. And that was kind of the tease earlier, Greg, is, you know, if you want to take someone like a Luis Castillo in the third round or a Clayton Kershaw, you just prefer that player over Charlie Morton, then sure, take them in the third round. But to me, Morton is not dissimilar from someone like that, and you can get him around later. So if I can get a better hitter who's available – in Austin Meadows, because I don't think he's going to be there in the fourth round, and I'll take him in the third, get Charlie Morton in the fourth, because according to ADP, he is definitely going to be there in the fourth round, uh, whereas, you know, someone like Clayton Kershaw, Luis Castillo, they might not be there in the fourth round, and I think they're similar players, and I think you can get similar production, so I don't have any worries when it comes to uh, Charlie Morton here on the head-to-head -head point side. Going back to Roto, mention, I'll fill out the first five rounds for you, and Greg, two Active targets of mine this upcoming season. Juan Moncada or Manny Machado. And I love the value that you can get those guys right now in the fifth round range. Manny Machado just going this late. It, it just sounds weird. Last year, borderline first round pick. Disappointed his first season. Shortstop the, eligibility in most places. San Diego Padres. Uh, he's going to give you shortstop eligibility, shortstop and third base. He has dual position eligibility. And you see, you know, you're setting yourself up nicely, nicely here in terms of versatility, Greg. Because you have a first baseman slash outfielder in Bellinger. You have the second baseman. You don't have to worry about that crap position anymore. And then Manny Machado, you can play at shortstop and third. And that allows you to take whoever you think is a better steal later. So if you think there's a better third baseman left, you can move Machado to shortstop. If you think there's a better shortstop available that you want, take him and move Manny Machado to third base. So it allows you some flexibility in your draft. I do think that he's going to bounce back. Not really expecting much speed this year, Greg, but seven, eight steals. 275, 35 home runs, we don't counting know what, stats as well. We have well. no idea what kind of manager Jace Tingler is, though. 
Yeah, we don't know if Jace Tingler is going to let these guys run, but um, either way, I think you're probably getting like five to ten stolen bases out of Manny Machado, which is fine. I'm not really drafting him for speed. I want him for the power. I think 35 home runs, good RBIs, good runs as well uh, are all reasons why I like getting him in this fifth round range. All right, so there you go. No, no, you know. I know you love Manny Machado. So. Talked a lot about Manny Machado and, and this spot in the fifth round. I think it's tremendous value. You always want to find guys that have the ability to jump rounds. And in the fifth round, getting Manny Machado—that's the type of player that you're getting. Yuan Moncada is another one that's right there that very much could break into that mold, uh, break into being a second or third round pick next year. He's got the prospect pedigree as well. I like both of them a lot. On the other side here, twelve-team head-to-head points league. You set yourself up well so far. You have two hitters. You have two. Starting pitchers as well. Uh, let's triple down on starting pitchers. You'll take three starting pitchers in your first five rounds. Again, there is an emphasis on starting pitching here in the head-to-head points league. And, Rick, you know what? We'll take a pick for you. And we'll go with Thor, Noah Syndergaard, who so far does not have a walk this preseason in spring training. Uh, you know, throughout, as we ramp up for the regular season uh, in the spring, Noah Syndergaard, I believe it's like 9, or 9, 10, 11 strikeouts, zero walks. The command has been there for him thus far. Um, I think there's a lot to like about Syndergaard, obviously. You know, if you like someone like Aaron Nola more, still available. Zach Greinke, who perennially undervalued for a fantasy perspective. He was like a top seven starting pitcher in both head-to-head points and Roto last year. Uh, so I don't mind. Syndergaard, Nola, Greinke. And you have your top three starting pitchers in most head-to-head points leagues. You, you either start five or six. So then you could kind of, uh, you know, you could take some upside with your four, your starter four, five, and six, or you know, you could just kind of uh, play the matchups, play uh, two-star pitchers as well. But you do have that core, that top three starting pitchers. I, I usually want in a head-to-head points league three of my top twenty-five. Greg, I really want to have reliable players at this position, uh, and obviously you have, you have two really good anchors in terms of your hitters as well. So here you go, Greg. Normally you only go three on each side. Maybe you have five. You really uh. Banging the drum of the Mets here, huh? Let's go, Mets! Doo-doo-doo! Yeah, you know, it's Grom and Syndergaard. That's the exact wheeler of the X-Met. He's Steven Matt's late. Nah. Can't get behind that. What? Zach Wheeler burned me last year, Greg. He's out. Nah, you can't do it like that, Frank. Nah, we're done. We're done with Zach Wheeler. Come on. We're back. Uh, one might say he's not an active target of mine this year. Frank, number six pick. Nice job. Some would say it was easy, indeed. Frank, you'll be pick number nine tomorrow. That's an order, sir. For Frank Stample, I am Greg Sussman. Morel Coast Coast is up next. Thanks to Sean and Alex downstairs for all of their help. Have a wonderful evening. Enjoy the rest of your night. We'll be back here tomorrow. We hope. Want to be the next Daily Fantasy Millionaire? Dunk on your NBA DFS competition with DailyRoto.com and dominate on FanDuel and DraftKings this season. Compete with the pros with DailyRoto.com, Optimizer, and the most accurate projections in NBA DFS, plus lineup alerts, breaking news, late swap support, and much more. Save 10% on winning NBA DFS advice with promo code DUNK. Visit DailyRoto.com backslash DUNK to learn more. I'm Davis Miller, host of the new podcast, The Tao of Muhammad Ali. I met Ali back in 1988, and to my great surprise, we became friends. His influence profoundly changed my perspective on family, spirituality, and on the purpose of life itself. I'll tell you that story and also stories of others touched by the champ, including people such as Reverend Al Sharpton, and James Buster Douglas. We'll even hear from Muhammad's daughter, Rashida. Well, my dad was, he was Peter Pan. Like he never really grew up. He was very mature when it came down to social issues. He was very in tune. He felt a responsibility to be able to share his connection to millions of people who were in need. In each of these stories, we share lessons, lessons that have meant a great deal to me and that I hope will be meaningful to you. Listen to The Tao of Muhammad Ali on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Julian Edelman from Games With Names, and we're on a search to find the greatest games of all time. 
I'm talking Hall of Famers, MVPs, gold medalists. I absolutely hate the Colts, bro. This game, I swear, led to the deflate gate. Hey guys, this ball's a little flat. <laughs> Ever wonder what a locker room feels like at a halftime of a Super Bowl? Julian walking around, I'm pretty sure he had his shirt off for reasons I'm not sure. He was saying, gotta believe. Oh, you gotta believe. From 18-1 with Eli. Are you calling Bill just a cheater? Is that what you're I'm saying right saying now? He's, he's looking for an advantage. The 2004 ALCS with Big Pop it Red Sox in 2004 bounced back after the 3-0 in a winner chicken dinner. Homie. The immaculate reception with Terry Bradshaw. Fired the ball. I hear the roar of the crowd. I never thought he caught the ball, but he did. We're going to dive deep into the most iconic games with the most iconic people. New episodes dropping weekly. Listen to Games with Names on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Davis Miller, host of the new podcast, The Tao of Muhammad Ali. I met Ali in 1988, and surprisingly, we became friends. His influence profoundly changed my perspective on the purpose of life itself. I'll tell you that story, and also stories of others touched by the champ. Listen to The Tao of Muhammad Ali on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Julian Edelman from Games With Names, and we're on a search to find the greatest games of all time with the players and coaches who lived in them. Ever wonder what a locker room feels like at a halftime of a Super Bowl? Or what about the the after parties? We're going to dive deep into the most iconic games with the most iconic people. New episodes dropping weekly. Listen to Games With Names on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.